That is the exciting opportunity on offer to develop that level of fitness that allows you to feel a profound sense of peace no matter how hard things get and then have a sense of control. Welcome back to the latest episode of our Live Into Your Brilliance podcast, the place where we shine a light on the innate brilliance of the human condition and blow up those illusions that get in our way. As always, you have your dynamic duo of hosts, myself, Al Kenny, and my brother from another mother, Mr. Mark Billows-Bilby. Hello, brother. How are you doing? I'm good, mate. How are you? I am very good. I had a weekend, which sounds very flash. I had a weekend in LA uh, at an event, uh, which I got back from on Monday, and my re-entry has been pretty smooth. I had a, I realized I had a slightly slower day yesterday, but today I feel my energy back, which is uh, which is lovely. So I'm excited for this conversation. Nice, and you you can't just leave it there. You got to you got to give us a little insight in what were you doing in LA? Was it uh, all fun and no play or was it all play and no fun? <laughs> well, it was it was a lot of play and it was a lot of fun. I was at what's uh, a creating love and power event with one of my mentors, JP Morgan, not to be mistaken for the banker. Uh, this is John Patrick Morgan Jr. Uh, it was very cool, about, 20, about 25 of us uh, in a creating circle for four days, looking at the the power of being and you know the creative energy that exists in all of us and and where that lives and uh, and we were uh, looking at what are the judgments that we hold of ourselves that get in the way and so bringing some of those to the surface and then um, you know popping that balloon, the balloon of judgment so that we could free ourselves up. So it was very nice, met some wonderful people, um, went on some gorgeous walks, like only my second time in LA and we were in Santa Monica and, you know, uh, I'm a walk by the beach and watch the sun come up. I don't care where you do it in the world. I'm not sure there's anything more enjoyable than that. Um, so that was the, we did a bit of that and then at some nice dinners and some nice dinners in the evenings with people and just hung out. So yeah, it was, it was fun and impactful. Nice. Sounds amazing. And hopefully you met some lovely characters who we can uh, entice to join us as guests at some point. Yeah, 100%. There's definitely a few people that I talked to about it. So we'll be having them on over the next uh, couple of months, which will be great. Nice. Should we dive into our uh, subject matter for today? Yeah, what have you got uh, teed up for us? I'm excited. It's not so much a question as a subject area from someone for us to ponder and explore from uh, from our perspectives. So this comes from Andy Wiles, um, uh, someone who I've known for, I think you've met him as well, a number of years who used to be a, a partner to us when we were at Mimecast and uh, you know, someone who's a, a real, has a hunger for looking for uh, the marginal gains in performance and bringing the best out of himself and others. So his question or perspective or, or subject matter, I should say, was around mental fitness. Um, Andy said he sees some really interesting stuff um, that he's getting involved in in this area of mental fitness, which, as he points out, isn't the same as mental health. Um, and he said, you know, if he had had some of this perspective on mental fitness when he was younger, it would have been 
hugely helpful in, in terms of sustaining success. So he would like for us to explore that and, uh, and see what emerges. Well, yeah, I mean, thank you, Andy, for positioning the, the topic. Um, yeah, let's, let's dive in. I, I guess the first thing that a listener might ask is, well, what the hell is men- mental fitness? Like, what do we mean by mental fitness? Hmm. Well, I, I, I might look it up whilst we're talking to see if there's an actual official definition. But to my mind, I think about mental fitness in the same way as I think about physical fitness. And so I think if this said psychological fitness, um, that would be as, as good a, a title as mental fitness. So it's just looking at our psychology and seeing what is it that we can train or practice for that allows us to maintain a really high degree of psychological fitness so that as we live our lives in the world, we're we're, um, in the best condition possible to kind of live in the moment. And I, I think the reason why I say it's just, it's correlating it back to physical fitness is because, you know, we all have this, Physic. We all came with this um, bag of bones, the body, the spacesuit that we live in, and we have the opportunity to really maintain that to keep ourselves as physically fit or not as we want to be. And that has a that is a dis, that is a big factor in terms of our ability to be in the world and, and experience it in the way that we would love to experience it physically. Um, and I think because we can see it and we can feel it, it seems like less mysterious than psychological fitness. And I think when people think about psychological fitness, it maybe carries a little bit of a like, oh God, what is that? And how does it work? And I would just say it's, it's no different than physical fitness. It's just that you can't see it. Like the results are not as tangible. Like you don't you, you can't see your psychological muscles and definition and but you can feel your psychological fitness just in the same way as you can feel your uh, physical fitness. So that's how that's how I would define it. What like what comes to mind for you? How do you think about it? And whilst you're talking, I'm going to also just look online and see if there is a a more formal definition of it. Yeah, I mean, when I think about mental fitness, I, you know, because I think some listeners will be like, "Oh, you mean I got to go and do Sudoku and the New York Times crossword?" puzzle every day and that that's exercising my my mental fitness um but i think in the context of what we're pointing to here is it's it's more about the emotional side uh, of you know of of our awareness of self our 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 resilience in the in the face of of whatever stimuli comes at us um it's about the connections, the authentic human connections uh, that we make, and and what we get from those. Um, and it's and it's ultimately, I think it's it's a, a sense of feeling in control of 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 the the stimuli that potentially have the 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 ability to disrupt us. Um, and then it's it's how do we how do we actually look after the physical health of our of our brains and of our minds and so i think it's kind of it's it's that little 
package mm. of stuff. And I think um, when I think about mental fitness, it's am I exercising my awareness and my mind so that I have a strong sense of self-acceptance, um, of peace. I feel connected to the people that I love and to the, the, the authentic human connections that, that, that I've cultivated. And I, and I feel a great sense of, of calm even in the face of hard things, um, that's what I equate to to being mentally fit. And so I hope that's a useful way of looking at it for our, our listeners because we're, we're not just saying, hey, um, you know, you need to go and do Sudoku every day. <laughs> no, I, well, I, I think people will find that useful. I, I just looked up what is the definition and it, ties very nicely in with what I think you've been saying and what we've been saying. It says mental, mental fitness is defined as a state of well-being and having a positive sense of how we feel, think, and act. And I really love that because what I think I heard and what you were talking about is state of being, like state of mind or state of being, and understanding the factors that go into that. And so when we're when we are mentally fit, the things that you said to me, said there, I think really resonate, like where we feel connected. We feel connected to ourselves. We feel grounded. We feel connected to those around us. We feel present. We're aware of our, we're actually, when we're, when we're mentally fit, we're aware of our states. So, you know, when we've talked about like the elevator of our awareness and the open hand and the fist, I think a sign of a, a sign of mental fitness is that you're aware of you moving through these states and you're not disturbed by them because you're, you are, have been practicing. You, you've been practicing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, in your awareness. And so the more that we practice, pay, you know, the paying attention to our state of being and be like, oh, I'm, I'm in a, you know, my mind's closed right now. I'm feeling uptight. That's okay. I'm just going to take the sacred pause and I'm going to allow myself to open back up. That is, that is a practice that the more we do it, the more mentally fit you become. If we wanted to think about it as mental fitness, it's like our ability to be with this movement is a great sign of mental fitness. And what I like about this definition is it talks about thinking, feeling, and acting. And I know it says feel, think, act, but I would recast it as think, feel, act. And being able to be really mindful of what is what state of being am I in? Like where is my thinking at and my being and where am I acting from? And and really tuning into that as as the practice of mental fitness that allows you to really be with be with and i'm going to say cultivate a super productive state of mind and state of being so that you're you're where you would like to be more of the time than not i have a really interesting um story so yesterday as you know right now we're doing the digital nomad thing and and we're um 
in Sedona in Arizona. And um, yesterday I worked, I got up early, um, was on calls um, and worked till just after lunch. And, and, you know, having put in a solid almost seven hour shift because I just had to get a whole bunch of things done and, and I was on a, a lot of um, interesting calls, which I loved. I was ready to just get out and go and exercise. And, but I was, a, I was aware that my mind was tired from having been on these calls and I was probably a little hungry and I was a little hangry and I just didn't really want to go on this hike. Like if I'd had a choice, I probably just would have sat on the back porch and stared out at, at the beautiful vista. But I knew that I that I sh- I should go for this walk, and I knew that I wanted to go for the walk. But my my chimp brain was kind of in control. And to your point, because I have been practicing, and I'm by no means suggesting. And listeners, please like take this all with a pinch of salt. Like I'm not pretending in the slightest that I am um, an enlightened warrior of any kind. Like I am still fumbling my way through, through all of this. But because I've been practicing the, the, the art of, of becoming more aware and observing myself, I was able to see yesterday where I was coming from and that I was down in my basement a little bit. The fist was closed. Um, and, and I could, and I actually verbalized it to myself as I was getting into the car. I just said to myself, you are attaching to low level thinking around being tired and exhausted from, from a, you know, from a a whole morning in front of a computer. And going on this walk is going to be magical for you. So anyway, so we get in the car and we drive off and I'm already feeling better. And then I, and then part of my practice, part of my mental fitness is to smile because I think it, it has a physiological effect on the brain. And so I smile and I, and I just, instantly relax. I start to be present. I start to notice all of the beautiful things around me. We get to this trailhead uh, for this uh, awesome hike called Boynton Canyon, and it is packed. And as we drive in, I say to Vanessa, I said, oh, the universe will provide a parking lot, parking space. We drive in. Sure enough, parking spot opens up instantly. We just literally didn't even have to wait. We just drove in and a guy signaled to us. He said, Hey, I'm coming out. Do you want my spot? We were like, yes, please. We drove in. We went on this magical hike um, up to these old um, uh, Native American um, uh, ruins up Boynton Canyon. And then we hiked all the way up Boynton Canyon. We were the only people there at at late afternoon, the colors were spectacular. I was very mindful of, of just being in the moment. Even when my mind was, was drifting, I would 
instantly see it. And then I would pull myself back as part of that practice. And then on the way back down, um, Vanessa dislocated her ankle. So she's always had dodgy ankles from her field hockey days. She dislocates her ankle. It pops back in, but now she's in a world of pain. And we still have three miles to get back to the trailhead. So I I make her a walking stick and she bravely kind of soldiers on and we we get about a mile and a half down the track. And then I remembered there was this resort um at at uh halfway down the track and there was a back gate with a red phone so i dial zero on the red phone this lovely lady answers the phone and i say hi we're not guests of yours but my wife has just twisted her ankle um do you mind if we walk through your property um, because it's going to be flat because the, the remaining mile and a half around their property was very rocky and very, it, it would have been, it would have taken Vanessa hours to get over that, those, that path. And she said, no problem. I'll send somebody down. And she was lovely. And sure enough, this lovely guy, Alex, who originally from Washington state, he arrives in his golf buggy, uh, opens the gate for us. Uh, and he says, oh, can I give you a lift to your car? And so Vanessa climbs on the golf buggy and he drives us to the security gate, gate of this wonderful resort, um, the Enchanted Resort in Arizona, uh, Sedona, Arizona. I highly recommend you go there <laughs> because <laughs> they are wonderful people. And we get to the security gate and he says to the security guard, I know I'm not allowed to take the buggy off um, off property, but do you mind if I give these folks a lift to their car? And he goes, yeah, absolutely, go for it. And so Alex drives us literally to our car. So he, I gave him a, a lovely tip and shook his hand and almost gave him a hug. Um, and it was so grateful. But as we were driving home and we were sort of reflecting on the day and what a wonderful day it had been despite the accident, I was so aware of had I not shown up in the right mindset for that hike, having observed myself as I was getting in the car to go on the hike, and had I not been so grateful and so present, I probably wouldn't have even thought of, you know, using the resort facilities to get Vanessa back to the car. I, I don't know, but like, so, and the, just the whole concept of mental fitness in that moment created such clarity and it, but it had happened so effortlessly that, you know, we, we had this amazing hike, then Van had this accident and then we just effortlessly are transported from where the path started to get really rocky, where it would have been really unpleasant. We're just transported from that place on a golf cart to our car and saved ourselves probably an hour of anguish trying to clamber over rocks, trying to get back to the car. And it's just, you know, and, and it's, it's like that, that kind of mental fitness, like, 
to your point, like physical preparation just puts you in a position to win. And I don't mean that we won yesterday, but it puts you in a position to to soldier on and get through things even when things get very, very hard. It gives you clarity and a calm and a peace that allows you to operate far better than you would have if you'd been in a in a state. What I really enjoy about that story is, well, number one, I really enjoy the story because it, it showcases it so beautifully. I think there's a piece in here around like how thinking, feeling, and action so ties in beautifully together. Like you had the awareness of your thinking. So you could notice, you know, your chimp thinking and settle down and not 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 act from that place, but go to the deeper place. So, no, I know that it's taking going and doing the exercise and so on. And the bit I wanted to point to is a part of the acting part of the mental fitness is what reinforces or informs who we are choosing to be. It's the it's kind of there's a there's a piece in this of like sometimes we notice that you know our thought feeling system is playing up a little bit and then we go deeper and that and that's where like our innate wisdom shows up and it's there when we get quiet and we listen to it and and then we have a choice within our awareness as to whether we act on it or not and i wanted to bring that up because sometimes you won't always feel like taking the action like when our wisdom speaks there's a great line i love which is wisdom always feels right it doesn't always feel good. So, you know, like when you're tired and you've worked for seven hours and then your wisdom's like, go for a hike. And you're like, fuck, like I know that's right. But there's a big party that's going, but the last thing I want to do right in this moment is go for a hike. But then it's, but I know that that feels right. And so you go and you do the hike and you do all of that and then it works out how it works out. And it's, and I wanted to flag that to people that, part of being mentally fit is acting on your knowing in the moment sometimes because that's part of it is in spite of your the feeling of your personal thinking in that moment it's acting on your wisdom and that reinforces so the next time you get more and more used to doing that um i also wanted to point to another aspect of and and i'll use a story from the last day or so and you're a part of it um, which kind of links to my trip to LA Um, so coming off the back of the LA trip which was a great trip and in one sense you know as I was talking about like surfacing and releasing judgments and and that really worked well for me but I came back yesterday and part I think of yesterday was yes I was a little bit tired but I, I felt conflicted like I could feel my mind conflicted between I was like do I need is there something that I need to do more of in order to kind of become more settled in who I am or do I need to just live my life and kind of not go on any more programs like that was kind of where I was at and one of the things that I realized yesterday well I've more had this insight today I was wrestling with it and part of my habitual pattern is to try and do everything on my own like, okay, I've got to figure it out on my own. And yesterday I didn't. Like I spoke to you and said, hey, I just want to share something with you. Like this is, 
what's going on and I'm not quite sure where it's going to go. And you gave me some uh, lovely advice and insights and just kind of posed some questions. And I'd, I was with them last night and then I had another call with a, well, actually a former guest on this show today, Lindsay, and I just shared it with her again. And what I realized through those two conversations, like I've come to ground and I'm like, oh, I've, uh, the insight has appeared. And I'm like, oh, I think I'm, I'm kind of good for now. It's more like just coming back, just be present and see what unfolds. But I want to point to that as a real, an element of mental fitness, which is it's not a, a solo pursuit. People who are mentally fit and they're really in, there is this human connection element, which is they, um, and this is something I'm learning. So like, this is, I think more new for me. I think you're, you've always really have been a, you know, such a proponent of like human connection, human connection, human connection. But I would put human connection as a key part of mental fitness. It's sharing and trusting in people and building those connections is a part of building mental fitness because the very fact that you can share where you are at and just allow someone to be with you and where you're at um, will be so helpful in terms of not just pointing you towards what you might need to find, but also just the very fact that you can be with your thoughts, feelings, and share them with another person is both a sign that you're mentally, you're, you're in a good state because you're not trying to bottle things up and you're then leveraging human connection because you're seeing that we're all the same. And there's such a beauty in that. Like all these events I go to and conversations with you and our guests, the one thing that keeps coming back to me, we're all the same. You know, we all we all travel up and down the elevator of awareness. Sometimes we feel quite lost and sometimes we feel very found. But knowing that allows us to communicate to other people and just allowing ourselves to be with other people, perhaps when we are at, in a low state of mind, is such a, such a great practice because just sharing it with someone else will probably bring you back so much faster than trying to figure it out yourself and figuring it out is far overrated like if you ever find yourself thinking i need to figure out my thinking um stop that's like figuring out your thinking isn't a, is not a part of the practice of mental fitness actually dropping the idea of that and yeah. being able to go oh there's nothing for me to figure out but maybe i'll just go and share where i'm at with someone else because that will probably move the needle for me anyway and then I'll I'll come back to myself just another practice element that I think I would put as a as a a part of the mental fitness puzzle if you will yeah and and I think you're pointing to a very important thing there I mean <clears throat> human connections are critical um and we we are social beings and and having meaningful connections is a very healthy part of of maintaining that mental fitness. And what you were pointing to there is being willing to be vulnerable, I think, is a sign of great mental fitness. When you're able to be vulnerable and 
and be exposed because you have a self-awareness and a self-acceptance and a self-confidence that that allows you to go there and that vulnerability allows you to forge deeper connections with people that that all feeds into a, a higher sense of peace and and mental mental preparedness mental fitness in order to to face the world and i think this is missed a lot you know i think you know t- like particularly in the workspace like people are talking about team health and they're like well you know are we are we accountable to each other and and do we you know is there a shared sense of confidence and blah 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 and it's like but but often trust is the thing that that suffers most and scores the the lowest because because people aren't always mentally fit in the sense that they can they feel that they can be vulnerable they have the self-awareness to understand exactly where they are at in the moment and what they need to do in order to leverage that network or l- leverage those connections and and um you know be 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 exposed uh, to a certain extent and so as a result the the team the team dynamic and the psychological safety is not there the trust is not there and then people are scratching their heads and they're like damn i don't understand it because we we we've got all this other stuff sus but we still there's still this lack of trust like you know we, we what's going on and i i think and you know i know i've been rambling but the South African rugby team just sprung to mind, and he has an he has a group of 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 men and women um in the in the the team in the squad who are from diverse backgrounds. Um, they culturally, socially, economically, um, I'm sure philosophically. They 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 come from such varied, diverse backgrounds in the Rainbow Nation, but they come together and they ch- achieve these remarkable results on the biggest stage. Uh, they crush the the most formidable opponents, and they take home the Rugby World Cup. But when you listen to how Sia Khaleesi or any of those teammates speak. Uh, and, and Jacques Ninaba and Rassi Erasmus and any of the the coaching staff, when they speak about the team dynamic and the sense of connection that they have, the mental fitness in that squad is phenomenal, alongside obvious, like crazy physical fitness as athletes. But they are they have a profound sense of connection to each other. They have a profound sense of connection to the people back home. And, you know, Al Tillery, he spoke about this concept of having hands on you. And like 48 million South Africans had hands on that squad. And they felt it and they felt that connection and they cultivated this profound sense of mental fitness. They knew that everybody wanted to beat them. They knew that everybody wanted to take a chunk out of the world champions. But they also knew what it meant to the country, meant to each other. They knew that they were an example of 
of what the art of the possible is in a in a country that's really struggling um a, as a result of 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 you know years of of bad management and so it's it's just another great example of how being mentally fit being in control even in the face of incredibly hard things and and hard odds is an incredibly powerful thing that can produce phenomenal results and and defy the odds defy the odds cause the world to to have their jaw drop and 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 unify a nation because people were mentally fit for for the task at hand I love that. I also love your passion for South Africa, which comes through very strongly there as a, in terms of not just your rugby team, but your, <laughs> your nation. I did, you know, as, as you were talking, I was thinking about Vanessa and your story about um, her ankle. And it made me think that uh, how we sometimes misinterpret what being either physically fit or mentally fit means. And I think particularly in the world of mental fitness, and I was thinking about teams and, and companies, and but also just general life. I think there's a misunderstanding, which is that, and the misunderstanding sounds like, well, if we were mentally fit, we'd never feel low, or we would never like, you know, kind of um, trip up, trip up and fall down or things like that. And it's just such bullshit. Like, actually, it's the opposite. It's Mentally fit means that you um, you just know when you've when you're tripped up and you've fallen down. And what made me think of it was like Vanessa is a very physically fit woman, and yesterday she um, sprained and her ankle whilst out hiking. Now that doesn't mean that she's no longer physically fit. She's still a physically fit woman, and she has a sprained ankle, so she won't feel right in this moment, like. 100%. And that is okay. And I think your point about, so I, the reason I want to bring that up is because I think that's what gets in the way for teams and people at work. It's like, well, I can't say that I'm feeling down because we've been talking about being mentally fit and, and, and we mistake that as being like, if we are mentally fit, we're strong and like nothing can penetrate. And it's like, no. What mental fitness means is that we're really tuned into this part of our being. Like we, we're aware of it. And therefore, like actually really mentally fit teams, they are the places where people can come in and be like, hey, I'm carrying an injury. Like there's something off. Like I've, I'm, I'm, I'm in a low mood. I don't know why. Um. And that's okay. And everyone to be like, hey, that's okay. And again, tapping into Al Tillery's um, conversation when he said, you know, if society really, one of the things that he'll talk about is if we just knew that uh, all we had to do was to not always make it ourselves, but look after the weakest amongst us. And I think that is, that for me really struck a chord because it's like, that's what real mentally fit teams do is they're like, oh, that's okay. Like, hey, we've got you. We've mentally fit people get each other. It's the like when we're awake and when we are practicing mental fitness, we can feel when someone else is not quite there and we're there for them. Like just 
by default. And so I would say a really good sign of someone who is mentally fit is that they are they feel very connected to other humans and and they just bring their mental fitness to other people because they notice when they're not there and they're not in judgment of them. Um, so I kind of just wanted to put that out there. And um, and then my other reflection, and then I'll pass it up and see what you think. I, I, I mentioned to you just before we came on and started to talk about this. Uh, Michael Singer is, a, uh, for those that don't, Michael Singer is a, an amazing, I guess, I don't know what a spiritualist, I guess he would be called. I don't know what you'd call him, but he's got a, a number of great books, The Surrender Experiment, uh, The Untethered Soul, and he runs a great podcast and I just I love his stuff. And he has this thing where he talks about, he says, you know, all we have to, we, if we think about our mind like a garden, it's just knowing that we, the practice is weeding the garden of our minds. It's like we all have unhelpful thinking. We all have little patterns of thought that can take hold and take root in our mind. And if we don't tend to the garden of our mind, like if we're not in the practice of just pulling out the weeds, then we can just, we can drift into a level of, this is where I think when people talk about like mental health issues, so we can drift into uh, having mental health issues or mental fitness challenges if we're not practicing weeding the garden of our mind. And that for me comes down to, like for me, they are some simple but powerful practices and we've talked about them before, but like like a journaling practice to kind of just be with uh, journaling and meditating. And it, like people can just try different things for themselves. But I, I'm personally finding like journaling every day um, and with... Like I have, I think I've talked about three simple columns, like wins, praise, reflections. And I just get to see my mind coming out onto the page. And I have quite literally had moments where I've burst out laughing at myself when like I've seen the ridiculousness of my thinking. And I've been like, oh, I'm just not going to do anything with that. And the reason why I love a daily practice is because um, I do have a belief that we die to ourselves every night when we go to sleep and we we come alive again the next day and so i think that the more we're in like some simple practices that allow us to just be with this be with ourselves and be with our thoughts feelings and actions um we just give ourselves the best possibility of keeping ourselves as clean and clear every time and, and to flush the system of um perhaps some uh some weedy thoughts that might just have squirreled their way in and just think, ah, oh, actually, I'm just not going to do that. And I'm going to come back and listen for our wisdom. So I just wanted to put that on the table again as a, maybe a, a, a simple part, but I think quite powerful in the context that Michael Singer sets of just knowing that the, the practice of weeding the garden of your mind never ends in, in, in the same way as like looking after your physical body it never ends. It's an, it's an ongoing thing because it's a gift. It's a gift to have our mind and it's a gift to have our body. Yeah. And I think you make a really good point. And, and actually, um, uh, on one of our next guests, uh, Amy Jen Sue, 
I was chatting to her the other day um, on a group call for for some work we're doing with a leadership team, and she said a very accurate thing. You know, she she said it's not about it's not about feeling good all the time, but it's it's about knowing where you are at at any moment in time. And that really resonated with me because I think there's a misconception that, oh, well, if you have great mental fitness, you're, you're, you know, you're in your leader A, you're in your open hand, it feels amazing, you're in flow the whole time. It's like, no, that's not the case. If you have great mental fitness, you notice when you're not in your leader A, when you're not in flow, you notice when you are struggling to just crawl out of the basement and sometimes it lasts for days or weeks or what have you and you you acknowledge it you see it for what it is and then you and as a result of seeing it you then go and do something about it and to your point you then adopt a practice and your practice might be I'm in the wrong frame of mind right now to have this conversation I'm going to tidy my desk I'm going to clean up my study I'm going to go and do some gardening. I'm going to go for a long walk. You know, I'm going to go and do some breathing. I'm going to go and meditate. I'm going to I'm going to journal. I'm going to lie on the couch and listen to some music. Like whatever it is that you need to do. Um or I'm going to reach out to a buddy to my network where I have these authentic connections and I'm going to say to them, "Hey, I'm really struggling to pull myself out of the mire here." Um, can I just talk this through with you? Because I know that once I've had a chat with L, I'm going to feel like a million bucks again, and and it's just going to it's going to ground me again. So whatever your practice is, um, it, it's having the courage to a acknowledge where you are at, and then and then having the courage to go and do something about it, so that you then show up. And what you're showing up for may be incredibly hard. You may have to fire somebody. You may have to face a, a terminal illness. You may have to face, you know, like whatever the nasty situation is um, that you're you're dealing with. That doesn't change, but the come from will make all the difference, and 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 that'll be how you experience life. Is is because you you had the the courage and the mental fitness to go, where am I at right now? Okay, that's not where I want to be. What am I going to do about it? I'm going to go do that so that I show up the way I want to show up in order to tackle whatever it is I need to tackle, whether it's easy, hard, um, whatever it is. And I think that that is that is the exciting opportunity on offer is to develop that level of fitness that allows you to feel a, a profound sense of peace, number one, uh, no matter how hard things get, and then have a sense of control um, because you see it for what it is. Nice. Yeah, I love that. I think that's a I think that's actually a powerful way to bring this conversation to a close for today. And um and because I've gotten in first, you will get the gift of ending our show with our tradition. And so, brother, what would be 
your bumper sticker for life when in the context of the conversation we've had today? My bumper sticker for life on this would be weed the garden of your mind every chance you get. Love it. Um, Well, Andy Wiles, first of all, Andy, thank you so much for putting this topic on the table. I actually think it's a really cool topic because, you know, uh, just a reflection I've had just now is sometimes, you know, I don't really care what avenue people come into this from. Like some people come at it from a very spiritual perspective and they see it from that. And But other people might just find, like I can, like I find, you know, both both avenues in just like really valuable and coming at it from like, okay, yeah, I want to be mentally fit. It just feels like it's a, it has another rich like landing area for people to be able to come in and look at it from, you know, whatever you want to call it. Like when we think about innate brilliance and blowing up illusions, I think innate brilliance is at the heart of our mental fitness. I think we are mentally fit by default. That's, that's our default state. And that's what we're talking about as innate brilliance. And living into that is the practice of mental fitness uh, or the practice of spiritual um, connection um, or just like you, some people might call it like really being present to ourselves and cultivating that. I, I don't really mind what it is, but I just love, I love the different angles. And so Andy, thank you for putting this on the table for us. I think it's something that we'll come back to and reference again and again um and so with that that's that's it from me for today billows any final words for you before we close this conversation out no uh thank you andy uh much appreciated and and uh to all our beautiful listeners um please keep keep tabling topics um sending in questions and and we will also try and find guests that we think will complement some of the uh inquiries you have so we uh we really appreciate it until next time thank you for joining us on this enlightening journey unraveling the innate brilliance within every human being we hope today's episode has sparked new thoughts and inspired fresh perspectives remember the power to shatter illusions and unleash your true potential lies within you If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on your favorite platform. If you'd like more insights and daily doses of inspiration, you can follow me on Instagram at alkennycoaching. Or you can connect with myself and Mark on LinkedIn, uh, where we will share articles and perspectives about unlocking your innate brilliance. Remember, you are capable of extraordinary things. Keep believing. Keep exploring and keep shining brightly. Take care and stay brilliant.